So we should start with some follow-up. Um, if I were in front of you, because I'm a big fat jerk, I would have smacked your right, right forearm right about now. Like this. Oh, so it's feeling okay, your tattoo. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, it doesn't hurt anymore. So the dressing isn't on anymore? No, the dressing came off, uh, like, completely. I stopped wearing the dressing, like, two days afterwards. Isn't that not what you're supposed to do? My my instructions said mm. two to three days with the dressing on. Mm. It's basically, it feels like everyone has their own opinions. Uh, naturally. Yeah, so... Actually, after maybe it was the third or fourth day where I had no dressing on at all. Mm-hmm. First two days, dressed completely. Third day, left it off for a little while. Fourth day, only had the dressing on for a couple of hours. Taken out of context, this sounds p- p- very peculiar. Mm-hmm. No dressing, completely undressed, dressed, completely undressed. I'm really sad I wasn't there for that. Basically, like I, everything that I've read that a tattoo is supposed to do, mine isn't doing. Like, it's not really peeling. Like, the skin is just dry. But it can take weeks and weeks and weeks for this stuff to actually happen. It seems like it just affects people differently. Like, right now, like, if you rub your hand on my arm, as much as I know you would love to do I that wish right I could. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, it feels slightly raised. Like, my tattoo is, mm-hmm. is a little raised, mm-hmm. you know? Um, not not badly. It doesn't hurt. Um, it's been itchy, but that's gone away. Um, and now, like... In places, you can kind of see where it's settling in, like some of the edges, like it's starting to settle in properly now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's taking it's taking shape. I'm I'm happy. Like I've got to say, I love it so much. I love having it. I love looking at my arm. Um, <laughs> I like the I like pictures where I can see my tattoo in it. Like okay. it's awesome. I can't wait. I already know what I'm getting next. I know where it's going. Uh, but as Adina said, it's just a case of maybe just waiting a little bit until I get the next one. God, you're so vain. Listen to you. Uh, speaking of Adina, what did she think of it when she saw it in person? She told me she really likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume that she does because I th- I think I know her well enough by now to know that if she didn't like it, she might tell me uh, or at least let it let slip. You know, like it might kind of come out accidentally. Um, I'm pretty sure she likes it. She she was, you know, had approval of the design and the placement before uh, I did it. <laughs> I feel like her approval is very important in that yeah, process. I, I think I spoke about agree. it last week. Like if she doesn't agree. want me to get this tattoo, that's going to be crazy, right? That I would have something on my body for the rest of our life together and she'd have to just live with that. I don't like that. She don't own you until 2018 anyway. Well... I'm just I'm, kidding. You're you're you know. you're absolutely right. And if I were in your shoes, I would have done the same thing. I'm just being silly. Uh, well, you said you've picked out a next one. I am not asking you to verbally debut the design, but are you comfortable and willing to say where? I'm going to send it to you right now. Oh well, am I painting a word picture, or am I just having a very ambiguous reaction to it? No, no. Like I'm going to put it in the show notes and everything. Okay, okay. I so, like this, the file that I have right here was created. In August 2013. Oh, that's pre-relay. Yeah. This this tattoo that I've wanted, this next tattoo, it's been a tattoo that I've wanted for years and years and years. And I and and but I never like whilst I love it, like it was never like I never had that thing that pushed me over the edge. It's in the chat room, by the way. Well, and yeah, also in the show notes. What is this? 
So I've never had the the reason to get it done. This is Scott Pilgrim related. Okay. This is a Scott Pilgrim tattoo. It's not so. that I don't like it. I, I feel like I sound like I don't like it. I just don't get it. It looks like writing, but it looks like a head. And yeah. it looks like there's probably a tally. Well, it is tally marks, but probably for all the ex-boyfriends or whatever. I oh, I'd good s- work. Yeah, I you f- got uh, that part. Well done. Okay. I'm trying to redeem myself after the, the uh, bashing I've taken over Shaun of the Dead. Oh, it's been a rough time to be me lately, let me tell you. But anyway, um, <laughs> so so is it a is that Scott Pilgrim? What is the, what no. is the upper part? So this is, uh, I believe this actual image is only in the movie. Uh, but the line, yeah, the, 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 he uses the line in the comic book, but in the movie they use a different thing. So basically he's looking for girl, a girl with hair like this is the line. Have you seen the girl with the hair like this? And in the cartoon he like puts his fingers down by the side of his head to show like the hair falling down, mm-hmm. like in the comic. Uh, but in the movie he holds up a picture and it's this outline. And yeah, this has become that. quite like for people that like the 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 series. This has become quite an iconic outline. Actually, do you know? Uh, have you heard of the Pop Funko um, doll model no. things? Have you ever heard of these? I have no idea what you're talking about. They're like these big headed things. I'm going to send you a picture of this so you can understand. Again, it will be in. Uh, the chat room. There are like these iconic little models now, like them people and this company pop. Oh yes, creates I didn't. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. I didn't know the name of them, but yes, I know what you're talking right. about now. So take a look at the one that I've put in to see what the that Scott Pilgrim is holding. Ah, indeed. Okay. Right. See, it looked to me like like the letter G O L H. Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, I'm yeah. like if, looking if at you're, this and turning my head going, what? I get you. If you're looking for more meaning, you can see how that kind of looks like it says something. And to be honest, knowing Brian Lee O'Malley, the, the cartoonist, the comic artist, because he actually drew this out for the movie, it probably does say something. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then the seven X's are... Uh, Ramona writes down her phone number for Scott. Um, and it says Ramona, and then it has a phone number, and then it has what you expect to be a bunch of kisses, but mm. it's actually to signify the seven evil exes. It's just a gotcha. nice little nod. So that is the this is like a combination of two things, which mm-hmm. is the artwork that he draws to try and find her, and then of the uh, the phone number, the seven exes from the phone number. Gotcha. So is this left or right? It's going to be on my left arm, um, on my bicep. Okay, um, so if you, I'm trying to paint a word picture here. So if I hold my arms directly out, so I'm like mm-hmm. making a big T out of my body, I'm assuming the inside of the bicep? Yeah, so I can see it. Gotcha, okay. But and my- I'm not even kidding, Casey. <laughs> I already, like, I have grand plans now. You want a whole sleeve? Yeah. You're not kidding, I right? want. My right, I want a right sleeve of all oh uh, audio and broadcasting related uh, things. So like microphone and radio waves and everything. 
Uh, Michael, you know, if there was any, if there was ever any doubt how hipster you are, you have removed all doubt with this. Just look at my my life, right? Like I cover my life in stickers. Now I get to do it to my body. I know, I know. We everyone except you. Well, you sort of knew, but everyone knew this is what was going to happen. This is like me with the Apple Watch. Everyone knew I was going to be getting an Apple Watch. Everyone knew you were going to get. At I least never one said sleep. this wasn't going to be the case. Though. I know, I know. So I don't know when I'm going to get this Scott Pilgrim one done. I've already put it off for three years. Maybe mm-hmm. another six months will be fine. Okay, so would you do this in London, or is, or are tattoos only acquired in the United States and perhaps only acquired in Memphis? So I would totally do it in London. Um, but like, if I leave this and get it done next year in Memphis, then I'll be happy about that, right? Because I know this place can do good tattoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, I'll like find... You know, within reason, the most expensive place I can in London and get it done there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I want to, if I'm going out on my own, and I'm sure I probably could ask some friends. I have a bunch of friends who've got tattoos, so I could see those. But if I don't take a recommendation, then I'll probably just find like an expensive place that I can afford because, you know, the way I think about it, the more you pay, the better you're going to get. Probably, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, I mean, I'm glad you like it. Uh, tattoos are not really my thing, but um, I totally understand why you yeah. like it. I totally understand why it would make you happy. And there's a part. Of, there's certainly a part of me that's intrigued by it. But sitting here now, I can never imagine getting one. But that's that's not to say it's wrong. As much as I give you grief for it, and as much as I give Stephen grief for it, it's not that it's wrong. It's just not for me, and it is for you, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, your relay anniversary in New York City trip. The rest. Yeah. Of it. So. Well, when I when we spoke last, I was in Memphis, mm-hmm. and at that point, I'd been there like a full day. Mm-hmm. So I got there on Monday afternoon, and we recorded on Tuesday evening. So after that, uh, we went to, I think we went to a meetup after that. And how was um, it? Oh, no, we moved the show to Wednesday, didn't we? Yeah, did I, th- we? I thought I was going to say, I thought we'd spoken about the meetup, but it's hard because I never can remember what I've talked to you about or talked to you on the air about and what I've talked to you privately about. So I think we did briefly speak about the meetup. Yeah, so that was all really fun. Um, and Jason had left by that point, too. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a really nice time for us to be together. I enjoyed being in Memphis. I enjoyed spending time with Stephen and spending time with his family, which is an important thing. Because I think this is my fourth year in a row of Mm -hmm. taking a trip to memphis now so that's an important part um of my year to make that trip Uh, and i I look forward to the year where adina can join me i think that'll be really nice i look forward to that for you and i look forward to the time where you actually swing through richmond first or last i I have my i have my plan i have my plan now i told you about the dc pen show right Mm -hmm. but i've slightly adjusted my plan it will be the dc pen show but afterwards so I can make it a proper visit. All right. uh, I've been thinking about it. I'm excited. Um, well, don't I, worry. Don't get, I don't want to get too excited because I'm, 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 I'm skeptical, but I'm hopeful. Well, the only thing that needs to happen is the Kickstarter needs to fund. So that will be next year. Good. Probably. I'll fund it personally. I mean, what? They, there you go. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. So after Memphis, you went to one of my top three favorite places in the world, New York City. How long yes, were you there? It's very quickly becoming one of my very favorite places. Oh, I love in the world New York well. so much. And, and I can't tell you why. Like, I don't know why. Yep. I just love it. There. I completely agree. And it's actually a very, very quick story. Uh, this past weekend, uh, Aaron's best friend got married, and we were seated at a table with a friend of hers who just so happened to be British. Um, I think he grew up in Taiwan. The, the friend is Taiwanese, but he had been in, in London since he was a teenager. And 
immediately I started extolling uh, and telling him about all the things I love about London. And I'm sure he's like, yes, I know I live there. But he was very, very nice and, and nodded and smiled and, and, and uh, humored me. But I feel like the way you feel about London, I'm sorry, the way you feel about New York since you live in London, I've never lived in New York, but I visited a lot. And, I've, and I view London in a very similar way. I love London to, and New York, of course, but I love London to death and I kind of want to move there. Um, so uh, with that said, this trip to New York City was quick but it was good yeah wrestling ah yes 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 that's right it was my wrestling weekend and it was amazing yeah it was a pretty good it was SummerSlam. is that right yeah yeah but it brings a lot of things to town you know Mm -hmm. and it was a good show uh, oh yeah it was really good i mean so of the three of them that i saw like overall it was maybe the the least good but that was kind of how i was expecting it to be honest because there's two other things that are more to my taste. And there were, there were moments in the SummerSlam event that were the best moments of the whole weekend. But like the overall quality of the events um, was... I, I found the other two that I went to in the days before to be better. But that now, was what I expected. Now, slow down very, very quickly. So SummerSlam is one evening. SummerSlam is one event, but uh-huh. it's now called SummerSlam Weekend. And over SummerSlam Weekend, there were two WWE events that I went to. One was NXT, which we spoke about on the show in the past. And then one was from an independent company called Evolve Wrestling, which was held in a church hall. And it was incredible. So there you go. Excellent. And uh, did you get, you had a brief kind of informal meetup in New York, didn't you? Yeah, um, basically, when we went to New York for the first time last year, I didn't plan to meet with anyone or anything, because I knew we were only going to be in Times Square for a short period of time, like in in the New York area, you know, that kind of Manhattan. There you go. We were only going to be there for a short period of time. I had a lot of friends there, so I decided the best way to do it was to tell nobody that I was going to be there, (laughs) and then just (laughs) just slide it and get out again and upset everyone, right? But this time, what I figured I would do is have a little meetup in a bar and tell all of my friends that were going to be that I was going to be there that I knew that lived there and then also tweet about it and a, a small group of people there was maybe like 20 or 30 people came out and it was really great because I got to see a bunch of people at once um and yeah I was I was really happy about that it was a nice it was just a nice way to do things it was a nice way to um to see a bunch of people and a bunch of my friends and yeah I I was really happy that I did it. That's awesome. Um you failed to accomplish something important however. Would you like to tell the listeners about that? Yeah, there was a pizza place that you really love. Was it John's of Bleecker Street? That's correct. And I and you were I got a message one day while I'm in a cab. <laughs> and this is going to come up later, but carry on. A message when I'm in a cab and Casey says to me you are seven blocks away or something, 17 blocks away from my favorite pizza place. And like, I'm thinking that like, I just posted a picture to Instagram and I figured that he's like, <laughs> he's seen the street and I'm like, oh yeah, but I am on my way somewhere. He's like, now you're only such and such. Like, you're so close. You're just going to go over and he shows me a map. And like, and I'm like, what on earth is going on? Like, I'm freaking out. Like, do you, how do you know where I am? <laughs> like, you're following me. Like, what is going on? And it just turns out that at some point I'd shared my location with you and found my friends. Uh-huh. And you, uh, and it left it on and you knew it was on and uh, you checked it. So I assume that you check it periodically. Um, no, what it, you open find my friends and see where I am at least. 
Like, you see that I'm somewhere. Not that you're looking at the map, but, like, you open find my friends for whatever reason, and you know I'm in there. Basically, every hour on the hour, I need to know exactly where Mike is. That's all. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I think, I don't recall for sure, but I believe I was going in there to, like, maybe Aaron was out, and I was just curious if she was on her way home, or... I was maybe I was about to call mom and dad and I was curious if they were home because I wouldn't bother them if they weren't. I feel, I feel like I went in there for another reason. However, I wouldn't put it past myself to have gone in specifically see where you, to, to see where you were so I could live vicariously through you and your uh, exploits in New York City. But it just so happened that I noticed, uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mike is near Bleecker Street. Oh my god! And it's nearly dinner time, or maybe it was right after dinner time. And so I thought, oh my god, this this is perfect, and I have to tell him. He must know. And so I uh, sent you a text and said something like, "Yeah, you're seven blocks from Johnson Bleaker. It's the best pizza place in the entire world. Come at me, and uh, you should go." And you were very confused, and then explained you were in a cab, and it was too late. And I said, "No, no, no. Okay, it's okay. You're not leaving for another like twenty four, forty eight hours. Plenty of time to go to Johnson Bleaker. So what did you do, Mike? I didn't go. You're the worst. But there's a reason. You're so the worst. when I was in the cab, there was I was on my way to one of the events. And then I had some time the next day and I thought about going. But then you told me that they only sell complete pies. Well, I'm not going to do that. That may not be true anymore, but that is right. absolutely true the last time I was there. So Okay, so that was why I didn't go because it wasn't uh, the next day I opened it up and I opened up Google Maps and where I was staying, it wasn't close. It was it would take me like 45 minutes to walk there. So I, I didn't go. I went to a place that was near Madison Square Garden that mm, had a mm. nine on Four Square and got a slice of pizza from there instead. One slice, not a full pie. <sighs> I love New York, though, man. What a great place that's, New York that's is. That's a smart way to do It's a good idea. Just distract me and tell me about how much one of my favorite cities is amazing. It's like London up to 11. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that appeal to me about London, um, part that it's so uniquely british part that it's so much older than anything you see here but yeah i think london and and new york are sister cities um just a different take on kind of the a different take on kind of the same idea and uh god i love both places so much it's been six years since i've been to london and i want to go back and god willing i'll be going in uh 2018 am i right i'm hoping i hope so all right uh Speaking of uh, Adina, tangentially, uh, tell me about what's going on with the house. Uh, So, oh my word. (sighs) So, we have had a crazy couple of days. So, we knew that this week was going to be busy because we were expecting a decision on the mortgage. Well, we were expecting to find out the valuation, so the appraisal. Mm -hmm. You seen The Sopranos? No, I've seen like one episode. Sorry, John. I can't make this appraiser joke to anyone. I want to make a Vic the appraiser joke, but no one will get it. I hope someone out there understands what I'm talking about. It's one of my favorite lines in The Sopranos. I'm just the appraiser. I hope somebody has any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, we, were, we were expecting to get that through, because as well, yesterday was a bank holiday in mm-hmm, the UK. Mm-hmm. So we were coming back from a weekend at the beach. We went to the beach ourselves as well. It was nice. Um, we were expecting to get the the valuation through, then expecting to hopefully get confirmation of the mortgage. Uh, and then we're also going to, as I record this, which is Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, we're going to take a second viewing on the property. 
because we've not done that. So we just want to go and take another look around and start thinking about it a little bit more and measuring stuff. We're also having an independent surveyor go in just to do a report for ourselves, not just for the bank. We are also going to be getting all of the information back from our solicitor, our lawyer. I feel like I have to translate. I feel like I'm only doing it for you. <laughs> I appreciate it because I cannot keep this stuff straight. I don't know how you're keeping both straight, let alone your own stuff, but I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so we, we're also getting all of that, uh, kind of these like reams of reports back from the solicitor, that's what we were expecting. Like We don't, didn't really know what that stuff was going to look like. So we arrive home yesterday afternoon and I see a big envelope on the mat and I knew what that was. Um, and Adina took the recycling out and while she did that, I opened the letter, confirmed what it was and I stood at the door with the paper in my hand and I told her we got the mortgage. Yay! I knew it was a bank letter just because of the size of it. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, the mortgage all went through, got the exact amount that we were looking for. That was the biggest hurdle. Like, yep. it was a breeze. We had a really great broker who helped us out, like, massively. Um, we didn't have to have any interviews with the bank or anything. Like, he took care of the whole thing for us. Absolutely brilliant. We're very lucky to have found this guy because he made it an absolute breeze for us. So the mortgage is set. Um, and then today we got all of the stuff back from our solicitor and my lovely fiance has spent the most of the evening reading through these, I think it was something like 50, nearly 50 documents or something stupid like that. Like an insane amount of stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which is like contracts and deeds and uh, I don't know, instructions and guides and, a ton of nonsense not nonsense but you know like insane stuff and so she's sitting there reading through all of that and uh that's so that's all happening and then tomorrow we're going to go and view the place um and so once we've gone through all these these documents or once adina's gone through all these documents then gone through her questions and points with me we will then take any further questions back to our solicitor um and then we'll move forward from there so awesome. the timeline right now, we are like, I think we're ahead of schedule or like we're bang on schedule. I mentioned the 28 days thing, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they wanted you to be done pretty much immediately. Yeah, we had 28 days from when the process began. And the fact that the mortgage is set and all the solicitor stuff's through, provided that there isn't anything that we need to argue and go backwards and forwards about, I'm expecting that we'll probably be able to fulfill the 28 days quite nicely. I mean, that 28-day deadline is up on September the 13th. So mm-hmm. we have we have just shy of two weeks left to to get everything done. And considering we've done so much already in two weeks, I'm, I'm not concerned about that, to be honest. So let's assume that everything goes fine. The issue that I now have is September the 13th, I should be in Portland. Oh, yikes. <laughs> That's not happy. No. It, have uh, you booked and, your plane ticket? Yes. Oh, that's probably for the best either way, but yikes. So I should oh. be leaving for Portland next Thursday and arriving back home the following Wednesday. 
So I reckon I'll know by the end of this week, maybe, if I'm going to Portland. But I have a ticket that I probably can't get a refund on. That stinks. You don't think you could delay until after you're back? You, you think the bank or whatever? Well, this is, I mean, we can ask, right? All we can do is ask. I mean, if they will let us sign it on the 14th, then, or like, the, let's say the 15th, then great. But like, it depends. You know, they might just want it done and dusted. And if that's the case, then that's the case. Uh, Kathy, the, 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 the no refunds thing, it's not the, it's not the conference ticket I'm concerned about. It's the travel cost. That's what I can't get a refund on. Um, mm. I mean, I can't get a refund on any of it, but that's the part I really worry about because I'm I didn't get the expensive XOXO ticket. I just got the the cheaper one that they have, the festival pass. Um, so I don't know yet. I, I mean, look at the end of the day, if they even if they said to me like you could sign this stuff digitally, I probably still wouldn't do it. I probably would still stay at home. Yeah, it's an eight hour time difference. And plus, I want us to be together of course. when we do this. Uh, and, and if there's any problems, an eight-hour time difference for those five to six days, that's that's not going to fly. Like, that's not going to work out. So I have no idea what I'm doing yet if I'm going. Oh, I mean, it also so doesn't tough. help that, like, the day before I leave is the Apple event. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's just, like, my bus- one of my busiest days of the year. Yeah, it's, is... Everything's crashed together with some kind of horrific six-car pileup or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Like <sighs> it's that's stinky. Gosh, it's stinky. I don't care. Like, I mean, look, if I have to miss XOXO, it's a real shame. It will be horrible to lose all that money. But I'm buying a house, so yeah, no, that's a good way of looking at it, and. uh I mean, it, all of this is for the best, but golly, I'd be so... I, I would not be as chipper about this as you are. I would be so damn frustrated. Especially because it's like, you know, two days and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, if we would have put our offer in two days later, we'd have been, we'd have been fine. Oh, but stinks. such as life does, this is how, this is how things go. So, yeah, um... By, I'm really interested to see what will happen the next time that we record. Which, as it stands currently, if we are, if I'm going to Portland, we're going to record when I'm in Portland. Um, right. Otherwise, we'll be recording as normal, and then you'll know. But I'm I'm very interested to see what happens by the next recording <laughs> because yeah. way more had happened than uh, than I'd expected by this by the time that this one rolled around. Goodness. Well, best of luck. However, I mean, I don't even know what to what to hope for. I don't know if I should hope for you to go to XO. I should. I don't know if I should hope for you not to. But regardless, I hope it works out for the best one way or the other. The real tricky thing right now is like in in my mind, like we have this house. Mm-hmm. Like as long as we want it, it's ours now. We have the mortgage. The company wants to sell it. Yeah. As long as it's all good, like we're buying this thing. That's good news. What did I say when we started this process that I would get this done quickly? <laughs> we made like the offer on our house something like 30 days ago. Yeah, that is that is very brisk. I don't remember how long it took us, but and and I feel like we did it fairly briskly, but I don't think it was quite this quick. Ay ay ay. I don't know, man. Well, good luck regardless. I I like I said I don't know what to hope for, but I hope for the best, whatever that may be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
All right. What else is uh, or what is awesome these days? So our first sponsor for this week's episode is the fine folk over at Linode, a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a virtual server up and running in under a minute with plans starting at just $2 a month, which will now get you two gigabytes of RAM. You'll be able to choose your resources, Linux distro, and node location right from the manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. Linode has over 400,000 customers. That's a lot of people, Casey, who are all serviced by Linode's friendly, lovely, wonderful 24-7 support team who are even open on the holidays. If you have something you need help with, Linode are there to help you. They are super committed to improving their infrastructure as well. For example, they have made a switch in the past from Ken Zen to KVM, and their latest Unix benchmark showed a 300% performance increase. Linode is the full package for your server infrastructure needs they have the power you require as well as the infrastructure and assistance that you want as a listener of this show you can sign up at linode.com slash analog and you'll not only be supporting the show but you'll also be getting twenty dollars towards any Linode plan and with a seven day money back guarantee there's nothing to lose so go right now to linode.com slash analog to learn more sign up and take advantage of that 20 dollar credit or use the promo code analog 20 analog 20 at checkout thank you so much to linode for their support of this show so we were talking about um me aggressively recommending johns of bleaker street to you and we said we'd talk more about this later you you wanted to talk to me about something I wanted to talk about your incredible way of being awkward in public. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You have a, a a knack for this um, in a way that is kind of beautiful. <laughs> but the, my favorite thing is your complete lack of shame, like for for these things. Uh, and thanks. This this came out to me. The other day, uh, when you sent a tweet to friend of the show, uh, previous two-time guest of Analog, uh, Faith Corpy, and you sent uh, this to Faith and her husband, Stephen, and said, your bios are disgusting, I approve. And it's because I think... Oh, slow down. I th- I think- and, and two emojis with the cr- tears of joy. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, that's 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 very important because the disgusting part is is corny was what you were going for, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you sent this message, you sent this tweet out into the world, and I saw it and immediately faved it. Uh, I knew what you were referring to. I went and, I went and then looked myself to see what you were referring to, and it's just because and I'm assuming is that both Faith and her her husband have just mentioned each other in the bios is that what you're referring to yeah so faith's bio defender of the uncool offer of sass pop culture devotee lover of chai lattes and vampire weekend married to the supremely lovable Stephen janice Stephen janice says uh, paramount austin film programmer lfc fan married to faith reno who genuinely had me at hello so <laughs> you mentioned this and when i saw this i was like i can't i can't foresee the way casey expects this is gonna end for him like I don't know, I you know I don't know if you played out in your mind the potential next steps for this. 
I don't you know, I don't know if you did. I even put in our Slack. I opened up Slack immediately and said to you, "I love it when you openly admit to being a little stalkery." <laughs> 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 and then and then kind of we started talking about it and then hilarity for me ensued in which faith then called you out for why you creeping <laughs> immediately and then you kind of again in your way ex- try to explain this in the only way that you know how which is complete honesty which is I was looking through Aaron's follows for some reason and then noticed yours and then his so, can you explain that any in any more than this? I mean, that really is the the essence of it. I was curious who Aaron. I was bored. Um, I don't remember what I was doing, but um, I for some reason wanted to look at this, and so I looked at at who Aaron was following because you know we have different. We have very different uh, groups of people that we follow. Some overlaps, like you, for example, in faith, but a lot of them are very, very different. And so I was looking through who Aaron followed, and then I saw um, Faith there, and I was like, oh, man, I wonder, I haven't recalled seeing um, any tweets from Faith lately. And so I went looking, and I noticed her bio, and I was like, oh, my God, that's freaking adorable. And naturally, since she has, you know, at Stephen Janice in, in her bio, I was like, well, I wonder what his says then. And then I was like, oh, my God, these are so cute. And uh, and so that really was the truth. There was not much more to it. So Mike is already losing his crap on Slack, enjoying this in a way that, that only a dear friend can, watching this train wreck happen. Following that tweet, Aaron replies, why are you creeping on my follows? <laughs> Just making the whole thing even more delightful <laughs> and worse. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and so basically it was a train wreck from start to finish. And I did think briefly, I was like, is, she, is, is Faith originally going to understand that I mean this in a happy way? And is she going to find this really creepy and weird? And I thought, oh, no, I know Faith. Faith knows me. She'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know if that really was the case. but uh, So yeah. you don't know. I don't think you she haven't. was upset by it, but I haven't like spoken to her privately or anything. As far as I know, she's fine, but I mean, she could find me to be a completely ridiculous weirdo. I mean, I guess most people do at this point. I wanted to address this a little bit, though, because I feel like... <laughs> Is this an intervention? No, it isn't, actually. Well, I don't know. Maybe it'll end up being one. Everyone does this stuff, I think. I do. I don't think there's anything wrong with a little creepy curiosity. Especially into these public things, right? (laughs) Like looking at who follows someone or like looking through a list of people or, you know, that kind of stuff. Looking at people's bios, just kind of poking around when you're bored. And, you know, I I think I do this sort of stuff. Like I can't think of like exact examples, but when I see it, when I see that you did that, I didn't think it was weird that you did it. I thought it was weird that you told everyone what you were doing. (laughs) And like didn't pull the ripcord at any point, you know? Uh, To be fair, I did tweet at Faith. It wasn't like a public tweet. You know, it wasn't a dot at Faith Arena. It wasn't space sure. at Faith Arena. I, but now, admittedly, I did briefly consider, I mean, I have Faith's um, phone number. I briefly considered saying this to her privately, but I was like, no, 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 this is cute. People should know how cute they are. I, I like it when two people are in love. That's exciting. And so I tweeted it semi-publicly, and uh, maybe that was a big freaking mistake. <laughs> I just don't know why you why you why you do it like that that's what i don't understand like we're gonna go back to i think the part where i make you feel better but i'm trying to just like dig into your psyche a little here 
because I mean, like like I said, I I think it's adorable and cute that that the two of them like each other so darn much, and and I feel like if the role if the roles were reversed, I feel like it would be neat for someone to recognize the fact that we that Aaron and I have publicly said how much we care for each other, and I don't know, I mean, maybe that is creepy, but I don't. It certainly wasn't intended to be creepy, but I don't know. Most people don't intend to be creepy. Um, I just thought it was adorable, and I thought I should tell them that. They're friends. I mean, well, I've only met Stephen once, but, you know, I like to think that, that we're friendly. And, uh-huh. and I didn't think it was I didn't think it was a bad thing. And, it's not a bad thing. Well, it's not a bad know. thing at all. <laughs> I'm really doubting that this was a wise choice, but, you know, it is what it is. It's just... The, it's, it's, it's the innocence of you right i think that this is what this is it's like i think that on the whole you are an, a, a wholesome innocent guy okay and it's it's one of the things that i love about you i think it's one of the things that many people love about you is that you are heart on the sleeve kind of all out there so the reason this show can exist is because you are that type of person mm-hmm. you know you're a wholesome guy you're a nice guy and you are very honest with people. And part of this honesty is like you hold yourself to this kind of honest accountability. And like in your brain, it's like, this, like, what's wrong with this? Like, why would I not just, I find this funny, tell them. Like, right, exactly. just tell them, right? I was reading your bio and I find it amusing. I will tell you, right? right. And and I don't think that, that as I say, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like I'm not saying that. It's it's just funny to me that like I've noticed these things, but don't tell people. Right? <laughs> I do all this stuff, but you take it to that extra part where you tell people. But anyway, let me go back to the part where I try and make you yes, maybe feel less that awkward. Sounds excellent because I'm pretty. I'm feeling like I'm going to crawl under the futon behind me right now. But quick. no, this is what I'm saying is that the underlying thing here is your goodness as a person. I hope so. I sure think that's, so. That's that's how so. I see this. Is like you are unabashedly honest because of your goodness, mm-hmm. right? That when when you were asked, you didn't attempt to spin a yarn to try and <laughs> in, to try and reduce the embarrassment. Uh, no, I mean at that point when when Faith was like, "What the hell are you doing?" I mean, it's I might as well go for broke, right? Because there's no way to come. <laughs> there's no way to come away from this. If if I were to try to tell a story, there was no way to come away from this not making it even more awkward. So I might as well just own it. I mean, uh, yeah, that's it's in the moment it was lightly embarrassing. I guess now it's kind of very embarrassing. But at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. This is what I did, and I was certainly. I don't think the the gesture. I think even. Faith and Stephen could appreciate that the gesture was intended to be a positive thing, and maybe it's maybe it was ill advised. Maybe I shouldn't have done it, but I don't know. Somebody, maybe it was Syracuse, was talking about this recently. Of course, you judge yourself by your intention, and you judge others by their actions. and And it really rocked my world when he said that. But Ooh, that's um, nice. Yeah, really, really effed up my world. Um, Someone should make a Syracuse quote calendar. Oh, it's so true. There used to be one during the hypocritical days, but it wasn't. It was all like things that were funny. It wasn't like serious, you know, knowledge bombs that he drops from time to time. But, anyways, um, I, I I like to think that with my close friends and with family, so with Aaron, with with you, with with you know my family, um, 
I like to think that intent does matter. With randos on the internet, nope, all action. But with people I care about and that I feel like I know, I like to think that intent matters. And so I would, I, I hope and would like to think that at the very least Faith, if not both Faith and Stephen, understood that I just want, I was paying them the world's most awkward compliment. And at least that's what I was trying to accomplish. In your way. In my own super weird way. So, anyway, <laughs> to go back a bit, what I'm saying is I don't think that this this kind of like what we will refer to here as stalkery curiosity, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing because I do this stuff, right? So this is, this is me coming out in support of you here mm-hmm. and be like, I poke around and look at things and like, ooh, who does this person follow? Or like, what does this person's followers look like? You know, I do that sort of stuff. Or like, right, um, right. someone new follows me. I was like, let me see what this person's kind of like. Oh, look mm-hmm. at these tweets, you know? like, mm-hmm. uh, Or like, there was one today where someone said, cause that kind of gave me like the most backhanded of backhandy compliments. Um, they don't follow me, but they kept doing it. And then I just had this long conversation and I just favorited one of the tweets that didn't reference me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to kind of just mess with us. Yeah, every now and then, like, I turn the stalkeriness into messing with people a little bit. You know? <laughs> Actually, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had done my, you know, maybe once a week Twitter, Twitter vanity search for my name. And uh-huh. I think it was Swilliams um, had said something that included my name in it. And what he said was either complimentary or funny. I honestly can't remember what it was. But it was one of those two things. So it was something that I, I felt like deserved a fave. And I had that moment before I hit the hard button of, should I do this? Because I'm basically fessing up that I was totally doing a vanity search. Ah, screw it. And so that's what I did. And sure enough, I, I, would, I would try to dig up these tweets, but it was like a month or two ago. So I, I'm not going to bother. But sure enough, uh, like the next day, Williams tweeted at me. I had a feeling I was going to get a fave for that from a vanity search of yours. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's me. Oh, God, I'm such, a, I'm such an embarrassment. I'm sorry. Speaking of which, have you listened to the talk show yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... I, I, I wasn't planning on bringing that up because I don't... I don't Let's talk about this now. All right, uh, let, me, let me finish my point. My point is, um, I do this stuff too. You shouldn't feel bad. I want you to know that uh, there are people like you in the world that that do these things, um, and I love that you bring them up. <laughs> Just everyone people. else, everyone else is smart enough not to to declare it, but you know we're all doing it. But I don't see. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know the right way around to do these things. I don't know. So let's start touching this real quick in uh, the talk show this week. Uh, uh-huh. you, you got mentioned in multiple occasions, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, John was poking fun at you for your emoji use, and he he played it in such a way to be like, "It's the only type of language you know." Yeah, and I really chuckled at this. Now, the reason I really chuckled at this is because I ob- I obviously know that he is messing around. Like, I know this in hearing this, to be like, the only reason you would say this about someone is if you know that they are obviously a competent writer. And the, the joke was that you were, was he quite an idiot savant? In that, uh-huh. like, your prose is horrific, but you can express yourself incredibly in emoji. Yeah, I think he said I was barely literate in prose. There you go. 
Now, when I hear this, I know he's joking. Because you wouldn't say that about someone, right? And the the idea is that, like, he is expecting everyone that hears this also knows it's a joke. But I thought to myself, the only person that might think this wasn't a joke is you. And I know that if I was in your situation, I would be super doubting myself, like, and being like, does he actually think I'm an idiot? Yep. Okay, so you do think that. I... There is a part of you. There is that nagging little part of you that thinks that. It's more than little, but yes. You know, the, the, the problem is, is that I know Guy English reasonably well, and he and I will screw with each other in that sort of way, not irregularly. So if Guy had said something like that, completely deadpan, wouldn't even cross my radar in a, in a nasty, you know, like it wouldn't even be a blip on the radar that, oh, he was being a jerk. I think because of the... Um, because of the latent feeling that I still have to this day that maybe I don't really belong. I'm, and because I don't know Gruber as well, I don't know what to make of it. I think it was meant in jest, but I'm not sure. And honestly, I wasn't going to bring, bring it up because I want to play it cool and I don't want to be, I don't want to be a baby about it. And I don't want to, I want to be a petulant child about it, but I was, I was and to some degree really remain concerned that there was truth to that. And like what, I don't remember, I don't remember who it was that said it, or maybe it's just basically a common thing at this point, but you know, every every good joke has a little bit of truth to it, right? And so it makes me wonder, where's the truth and where's the joke? And right, well, the truth is that you... The truth is, you are known for your emoji use. I mean, I guess. You tell me, <laughs> I would suppose I mean, that's so. the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I use emoji more than you do, but, like, you have made it, like, a thing, and, like, the Sprout thing, mm-hmm. and, and the, the Diana Fire thing, and, like, they are, like, Casey List trademarks. Mm-hmm. So here's the, 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 the spin on this, right? And the thing that I was thinking about as I was hearing this, and, like, the part of me that was like, oh, this is kind of cool, you're just like recognized as this person who did this thing, which is the emoji stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you are just like casually mentioned on the talk show. And then you are made fun of in a, in a friend or I consider it to be a friendly way. And I just think to myself, it's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, and but I know you're going to struggle with that because I know I'd feel the same. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like my my how how can I phrase this? My brain looks at this and and reaches the same conclusion you did that whether or not you, the listeners, think that John Gruber can be um, a bit uh, what's the word I'm looking for a bit rough on the outside. Um, my interactions with him in a personal level have pretty much always been really great. And, and my brain looks at this and thinks, no, he's 
what's the British term? Taking the out of you. He's 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 messing with you because he thinks you can take it or knows you can take it. You know, he's making fun of me because he knows or thinks or whatever that I can take it and that I'll understand that it was all meant in good fun. And my brain is pretty convinced that's the case. But my weak as hell heart, who still isn't convinced that I belong to be at the table, yep. is deeply concerned that that was 80% truth and 20% joke. Right. So I've, been, I've had this in my head to talk to you about. I apologize that this is the time that we're having this conversation. <laughs> Uh, I I I knew that you would feel maybe this way, um, but I really, I genuinely, genuinely don't think that you should. The the reason, just I just don't think I really, you know, I don't I don't know John very well at all, but I just don't think you would make a joke like that. Like I I just genuinely believe yeah. Yeah, yeah. that if he felt that way, he just wouldn't say it. Yeah, that you wouldn't say it. So I think, really, what you should be focusing on is the fun, cool thing that you got mentioned on the show. <laughs> just, just think about that. Yeah. So I think it's nice. I think it's, you know, I just think that there are these funny little things that happen in our lives, and this is one of the funny little things that happen in yours. That now you just casually you you get quite a lot of casual mentions on the talk show. To be honest, yeah, it, ha- it happens from time to time. You know, and so fancy, you're so fancy. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, you know, um. <laughs> What's really stupid, like, I'll be the first to tell you this is stupid. I really shouldn't be sharing this in public, but whatever. No, I, this is I've, what you do, though. I know, I know. Um, this, is, this is proof that I have not learned from the segment we just finished. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, it, I feel like I've never been properly validated by Kruger. Like, he's, I've, gotten, I've gotten one or two links mm-hmm. in Daring Fireball posts that were in the midst of the post, so mm-hmm. like for, you know, I forget what it was off the top of my head. I, I'm sure I saved it to like day one or something, but you know, oh, you know, and here's an example of this thing. And, you know, the, the example is, you know, a link to my site or something along those lines. Um, but I've never been featured full on and gotten a link from Daring Fireball. And I feel like, and, and just why is fin- this important though? All right. Now, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing you here. I want you to tell people why this is actually an important thing, because I believe it is too. And the reason that's important is because that to me is a very public validation that at least in that one moment, I was not a bozo. And, and as silly as it is, and I know it's silly, I know I'm being ridiculous about this, but as silly as it is, because I haven't had that validation, I still don't entirely know where I stand in his brain. And I hear myself saying that. I'm like, are you freaking stupid? Of course you right, do. He but likes again, you. Like, but, uh, why is that important? Uh, because to some degree, I feel like he's the arbiter of our little social clique of what's good cool. and what's not. The chairman, right? That mm-hmm. old nickname. Doesn't, I don't see it used so much anymore. Yep, but that that was kind of like John's nickname for a while was the chairman. Mm-hmm. It's kind of true, right? I mean, like he sits atop the tree of which we're all shaken, right, right, right. Which is the have opinions about Apple and try and get paid to do it club. Yep, and this this forms finds its way in many things, and to get respect from him is a is a good is a good thing. Because it kind of says that you are someone who can can run in that in right. that gang, and which is 
you know, and again, like, is that important? In the grand scheme of things, probably not. But if you're trying to make a living in this world, it's, it is important to know that you can be respected by the people that are already within it. Because if you're respected by the people within it, it means you're doing something right. And if you can get respect from the person that is considered to be like the single most important voice in Apple punditry, that's pretty good. And, and, and I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And, and the mother of the whole thing is, is that this is all high school all over again. And I'm the one doing it. This isn't John's fault. This is Casey's fault. Yeah. But this is me wanting to get noticed by like the quarterback of the football team or like the, the, the head cheerleader or what have you. No, it's mm-hmm. all the same stupid high school clicky BS all over again. And I'm doing it to myself because I'm an idiot. <sighs> That's humans. Yeah. It's true. This week's episode is also brought to you by Agenda Minder. I'm giving you a moment off here. (laughs) (laughs) These days, people are involved in more meetings than ever, and bad meetings can be a huge waste of time. Good meetings only come from planning. Agenda Minder is an app for your Mac that will make meetings better. Agenda Minder is a personal productivity tool for you to plan what you need to talk about in your meetings and help you focus on what you want to accomplish. And like I like this idea of the personal productivity tool. It's not an app which is meant for you to then circulate the agenda, but it's not about that. This is about you being able to plan your own meetings that you're having or the meetings that you're involved in better for you to be able to plan how you want them to turn out. That's what's so great about this application. It stays out of your way as simple controls and a clean look. You can quickly add meetings and agenda items, capturing the objective and any preparation notes that you're going to need. Knowing all of this stuff up, stuff up front will help your meetings run more smoothly. You can quickly find the right meeting by sorting them by name or date. And with easy-to-use filters, you can easily see what's coming up today, this week, or next week. Agenda Minder was created by a 20-plus-year experienced Fortune 50 manager who got tired of meetings being a waste of time. Simple preparation greatly improves meetings, and Agenda Minder is the tool that has fixed this for them Did you know what? It's probably going to do a great job for you too. Agenda Minder lets you quickly capture topics for your meetings in one place, so you'll always be prepared for those tricky questions. Easily send agenda items to everyone involved in your upcoming meeting if you need to, but again, you don't have to. This is your application. It's for what you need. It's for what you want. And you can also be confident that you will have a great meeting because you will be prepared of everything you are going to need. A meeting is only as good as the agenda. If you have any meetings, you owe it to yourself to check out Agenda Minder from Internodal today at Internodal, that's I-N-T-E-R-N-O-D-A-L dot X-Y-Z slash analog or dot X-Y-Z, Casey, in case you need to find I was just thinking to myself how weird that is about the Brits, but I was going to let you go. It's also in the Mac App Store. Thank you so much to Agenda Minder for their support of Analog and Relay FM. Oh, goodness. I, I don't know why, but Zed just... Ugh, it just cuts on me. You know what I think it is? Is because on Top Gears, when I first got introduced to it, and... They would mention uh, a car that I used to have everyone, every great once in a while. Um, and it's the 300ZX, but it was the 300ZX or the Z3 BMW, which I never yep. had. But 350Z. Yeah, just, I just, I don't know why. Oh, it's one of those stupid things. I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. Anyway, uh, it does, and for the record, not that you guys are wrong. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just peculiar. 
and it weirds me out. So uh, on a happier note, for the love of God, please, a happier note, let's do some Relay Your Feels. We've been putting it off for like 16 months. Let's do some darn Relay Your Feels, and we have, we have a few really fun ones. They say all from Chris today, and Chris uh, wrote in a bunch. So Chris asks, what is your favorite type of breakfast? Um, mine is pancakes with bacon and maple syrup. Genuine question. I am not trying to troll you, mm. especially given what I just said to you. When you say bacon, is British bacon approximately equivalent to American bacon? No, with bacon? pancakes. No, I want I want American streaky bacon. So wait, so what, uh, again, I'm not trying to troll. What is what is stereotypical British bacon then? Back bacon. So rashers of bacon. It's Rash? Bacon. R-A-S-H? That's what we call them, rashers. Oh, Okay. That's what it's called. So an individual piece of bacon is called a rasher of bacon. And it's the bacon that kind of looks like a capital B. So it has like a big part and then a smaller part. What? You need to find a picture of this uh, and send it to me because I have no freaking clue what you're talking about right now. All right. Okay. Back bacon. Like back bacon, I think I understand. I can't. I don't know if I've had it, but I understand it. Although. All right. So. I thought by definition bacon had to be belly. Back bacon uncooked. Oh. Oh, that's peculiar. Back bacon cooked. And we'll it's put good these stuff. we'll put these in Less the show fat. notes. It's nice. It's, I like this bacon a lot. And in a lot of places in England, they will give you this type of bacon with pancakes. That's if a place doesn't really know what they're doing. This is mutant like hybrid bacon because the left side of it looks approximately like what I think of as bacon. But the right side of it looks like what I would call Canadian bacon. Weird. Okay. Weird. I want to try this sometime. All right, when we're when It's I, good. I don't it's doubt really it. Good. When when I'm in London next, hopefully soon, but realistically not until like 2018 at the earliest, I want to go and I want to get this kind of bacon with you somewhere. But it's not my favorite type of bacon. My favorite type of bacon is what we call streaky bacon. And that's which American, is American bacon. style bacon because it streaks, right? Uh, yeah, well, it has like streaks of fat through it. Yeah, streaky. All right, we got to put a picture of that in the show notes as well. Hold on. And I like my bacon to be crispy like an American does. Back bacon is typically not crispy, by the way. Interesting. Okay. Um,. Well, that's wild. I did. I did not expect this to turn that serious. I, I, my whole world is expanded now. Uh, let me answer your question. The question, though, what is your favorite breakfast slash breakfast dish? We are approximately an hour into recording, although some of that was pre-show banter. I'm going to need you to hang on, Mike, because this one answer is going to take me about 45 minutes. Okie dokie. <laughs> McDonald's, I'm, isn't it? No, but that's a good answer. Uh, no, all kidding aside, bacon, Eric bacon. Well, yes, bacon. Uh, breakfast is probably my favorite meal of the day. Generally speaking, I have extremely uninteresting breakfast. My weekday breakfast is a smoothie, um, which is basically a fruit smoothie that I make every day with uh, with um, uh, banana and, and strawberry and peach and a couple other things. But my favorite breakfast all of them? I'll take all of them, please. Uh, lately, what we've gotten into the habit of on Sunday mornings, we will do um, homemade Belgian waffles and bacon, uh, streaky bacon or whatever you called it. What I would just think of as bacon. Um, Aaron is, has gotten really, really good at making waffles, and we have like one of those waffle, like really nice waffle irons that we got for from our wedding um, that makes a really nice, uh, deep-pocketed um uh, a Belgian waffle, or we call them Belgian waffles. So instead of being like very thin, it's fairly thick. Um, you slather a little bit of butter on there, 
uh, put a whole bunch of maple syrup on it, and then some nice bacon. And we, uh, this is just the way I grew up, and I think this might be a little weird, but the way we grew up was we would cook bacon in the microwave. And there's actually, I wrote a post about this way back when um, on my site, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, and the, the advantage of cooking bacon in the microwave is that you take a lot of the fat out of it. And so rather than, you know, just uh, putting it in like a pan and cooking it in its own fat, by putting it in the, make, in the microwave, you wrap it in paper towel and it takes a lot of the fat out. But why this is relevant is because Aaron has somehow by some miracle, perfected getting the bacon just a teensy bit soft, but yet still crisp at the same time. If you're listening to this listener, I would say you're thinking to yourself, those are two different things that can't be. I'm telling you, it can be. It's a thing. She's amazing. So, Mike, when you come visit, I will ask Erin if she will be willing to make you some waffles or pancakes if you prefer. With some of her oh, perfectly like cooked, perfectly cooked bacon. Now that being said, I love eggs, and we'll talk about that in a second. I love French toast. I love French toast, especially like really, really runny French toast that really has been dipped in the egg, whatever stuff, a little bit too long, so it's kind of eggy in the middle. Oh, so good! Uh, I could eat breakfast all day. My long. stomach is breakfast. is literally rumbling. I just heard it. I wonder if it came through. <laughs> oh my god! I love. I'm it so approaching much. breakfast. It's one a.m. That's true. Oh, God. Yeah, we got to finish up. All right. So uh, Chris continued. What is your favorite way of eating eggs? Scrambled, fried or poached, cooked, omelet, or something else? Um, Since you started last time, I will start. My favorite way tends to be over easy. So um, I'm not sure if that's like a universal definition, but the way I define over easy is that you put the egg typically in an egg ring, but you don't have to. You put it in on a pan, you cook it for a bit, then you flip it over and you take it out before the yolk hardens. So when you crack, well, poor choice of words, but when you get into the yolk, it'll run all over the place. So you do that with like a little bit of uh, toast on the side. Or what do the Brits do? What is it like piggy in the basket or something like that? Do you know what I'm thinking of? We've talked about this once in the past. Um, uh, egg in the basket. What do you something. mean like eggy soldiers? I don't what remember we- what it's called. I always forget the name of it. But basically you take out the center of a piece of bread and you cook an egg in there. Oh, I don't know. If they did it on V for Vendetta, and I can't remember the name of it anymore. Well, I'll think of it after the fact. But anyway. It's not Toad in the Hole. Toad in the Hole is, is sausages in uh, Yorkshire mixture, egg mixture. Uh, let's see. Yeah, according to uh, Wikipedia, it's Eggy in the Basket, or Egg in the Basket. So anyway, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. So so that's sort of a th- or Egg in a Hole, I think, is another one. Um, but anyway, the point is that you could cook this and you cook the egg over easy so the yolk is really nice and runny and then you you sop up the yolk with the with the bread. Oh, so good. That being said, my snack I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight. I'm getting a little large in the midsection and uh my my snack during the work morning lately has been a um a hard-boiled egg with a little bit of salt on it. Really really good. Mike, how's your favorite way of eating eggs? Scrambled loosely or like you know like a runny scramble or like a really solid like cook them for a while scramble in the middle mm, of okay. those two mm-hmm. not gotcha. too much runniness but i don't like it too too heavily cooked gotcha. and i cook my scrambled eggs the american way it's like the sheets of scrambled eggs what you're like <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> all right so you know that like american like scrambled eggs that you eat the egg is like typically 
contained within itself, right? It, it's like one big thing that you cut and eat, right? Oh, like, you're talking kind of like you're not wrong. What I would say you're describing is an omelet that hasn't really been folded on itself and it has no bits in it. It's just like a a slab of eggs. Is that no, fair? no? Because I move it around in the pan. There is like a different, like it, the British scrambled eggs. It's kind of made completely differently, and uh, this, is too, this is too. This is just too difficult. All I wanted to talk about was <laughs> where they eat my eggs. So well, don't worry about it. So you like it American style rather than British style? Basically, basically British style is like dry. It's way drier, and American style tends to be wetter. And, and when it's wetter, it kind of sticks together it's closer to one than scrambled eggs in my mind but yeah i like my Ameri- the america what i consider to be the american style oh my god this is this is way more intense than either of us intended it to be all right what else did chris ask what has been your favorite video games during your childhood or teenage years uh, i have always been partial to the grand theft auto series mario games and pokemon Oof, this is intense so i was a nintendo kid um, loved Nintendo games. Um, generally speaking, uh, the Mario series, I'd say were, might have been my favorites. I spent a lot of time on Mega Man, uh, Mega Man, almost said Mega Man, which is Lego Man, apparently. Anyway, uh, spent a lot of time with Mega Man. Um, but you know what I really loved? I don't know if I would say they're my favorites, but two that jumped to my mind, so maybe they're my favorites. Uh, did you have a Super Nintendo? Of course I did. Okay. Did you play F-Zero, the racing game? No. Oh, God, so good. Uh, I know it. But I never played so it. So good. Uh, F Zero was great. Oh, Mario Kart, amazing. Um, Golden Eye was amazing. But the other one I was going to bring up from Nintendo sixty four, Wave Race, one of the launch titles in the jet skis. Loved it. Loved that game. And I just remember thinking, oh my god, this water isn't flat. This was it had like a three D you know water that you could do jumps on and stuff. And at the time, that was just mind numbingly advanced and awesome. Loved that game too. All right. Uh, As someone with both a passion and a professional interest in history, this is Chris writing, I have to ask, are you interested in history at all in general, or perhaps some specific aspect? Is there something you've always been fascinated by and or never understood? It's perfectly all right. If you don't care about history, I'll manage somehow, says Chris. Um, I think it's my turn to start. Uh, I sort of care. Um, I wouldn't say I'm terribly passionate about it, but one of the things I've really enjoyed doing is, and this is maybe tangentially related to history, but when we were growing up and my family would go on a vacation, oftentimes we would go somewhere that had like a parked submarine that you could go on or some other kind of ship or boat. I think a submarine's a boat. Um, Anyway, we would oftentimes, almost always, go and tour whatever the submarine was. Um, I think the Nautilus is hanging off the Intrepid in new york i forget which one it is i probably have that wrong um and there's one i zoned out for like for two seconds just two seconds like something caught my eye and then you said a selection of words that i cannot comprehend (laughs) the the, the nautilus hangs off the intrepid yeah i so the uss intrepid is a aircraft carrier an aircraft carrier Uh, oh now i'm with you that is that is on the western side of uh, manhattan it's a really fantastic museum, and there's a ship park. Excuse me, a boat park next to it, which is an old submarine, and I want to say it's called the Nautilus. I'm probably wrong, but anyway, I've been to that one. There's one that in Baltimore that was, I think was World War II era. There's the U505 at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. There was a U-boat at the Deutsche Museum that we went to in Munich. I just love going on old submarines, and so that's the thing I think I've been most interested in. How about you, Mike? I had a kind of a comp 
complicated uh, relationship with history in school. Um, I loved modern history because the source material was amazing. Like, So one of my favorite things was a course that we took in what's called GCSE year, um, which was when I was 16 years old before I went on to college, which is what you do from 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. Again, more differences in language. Woo. <laughs> um, and we did a course called Superpower Relations. And it was the um, kind of time during the Cold War, mainly. Oh, interesting. And okay. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. We covered the, the kind of 1960 to 1990. So there was just a wealth of incredible source material to go from. News reports and documentaries and, you know, tons of things to read. And I just fell in love with history. Like, just fell in love with this type of history. Like, the history class is what I fell in love with, right? And then I decided that I was going to do history for A-level. But then my first courses were the English Civil War and the French Revolution, which couldn't be further away from that, right? It was like the absolute opposite. No source material that you could rely on, right? Like just accounts on accounts that were written down in books that were boring. And no video, no audio, nothing. The documentaries that were put together were boring for me. Like, So I ended up actually dropping out of my A-level history. Oh, that's a bummer. Because I just, I hated it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I continued to complete my media, English, and politics A-levels. Mm-hmm. And that was the last education that I got. <laughs> so history ruined everything. History ruined everything. No, money ruined everything, so I got a job. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I, I really like modern history stuff. That's just what interests me. And and, and uh, you know, I, liked, I like to be able to see it. Um, and it's you know it's not surprising considering you know the joke about me at least amongst friends is that I don't read I just watch videos, and if there isn't a if there isn't a video version of an article then I'm never going to read it. Like this is a common joke. You 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 make this joke mm-hmm. about me as well, right? Like uh, I think it's it's widely accepted that Mike doesn't read he just watches videos. Yep. And that's it. I guess that's where it started. I have my history <laughs> teachers to thank for that. Fair enough. Uh, real-time follow-up. It is the USS Growler that is at the Intrepid Museum. and That's a terrible name for a ship. Uh, I don't know. And then the, uh, the Nautilus that I was talking about, as I said this, I thought I was wrong, and I thought this is where it was, but I didn't say it a minute ago. The Nautilus is at the, uh, at the museum in Groton, Connecticut, apparently, as per Schwal in the chat. So uh, my bad on that. Uh, with that said, uh, more Relay Your Feels, if you please. We're going to try to get in the habit of doing that more often. Apologies for not having done so. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Good luck with the house stuff, Mike. I hope you get to do good things. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I love Casey finishing the episode. It's the best. Why do you like it so much? It's just great. It's just really good. Well, we needed a way to wrap, and I know it's late for you. I'm trying to end quickly. No, I, I appreciate it. I really, but I also thoroughly enjoy when you do this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of uh, a lot of fun for me. The title. We don't even need to do, need to do titles now because the title of this episode is Casey feels awkward for seventy two minutes. <laughs> <laughs>